So, what does it take to launch and run an Amada Senior Care franchise? Well, find out on another episode of We Are Amada. I'm Marcos Mora. Welcome to the show. Welcome, everybody, to the show. This is episode nine of We Are Amada. Thank you so much for joining us. I have a very, very special episode for you guys. This is like no episode we've ever done or any webinar or video we've ever done because of my guest. This is Wayne Morgan, who is the co-owner of Amada Senior Care in Princeton, New Jersey, and also Passaic County, New Jersey, and Bergen County, New Jersey. They are one of the largest home care companies in New Jersey. And here's why this is such an important podcast with Wayne Morgan. Wayne is not only an owner, but he's also a veteran of the home care industry. And not like any other veteran out there, so many of our franchise partners come from medical device sales or other type of sales, but Wayne actually comes from the home care industry. So this is somebody that is so different yet so amazing for Amada. So I wanted to bring Wayne to talk a little bit about his background, how he got into the home care industry, and you'll hear the passion that Wayne has for home care, for seniors, for our entire industry. So Wayne, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for doing this show with us. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Marcos. I appreciate it. And I uh, want to thank the Amada family and you and the rest of the team for having me on board the podcast. I've been with the Amada family for a month and being invited to the podcast. Um, it's an honor. So I'm excited to share my story, um, speak with you, and obviously uh, be a good listen to the, the listeners moving forward. So awesome. thank you again. Well, okay. So here's what I wanted to set the stage. I wanted you to Tell us about your background. Tell us about your story of getting to the point where now you own an Amada franchise uh, and your partners are the Outer Bridges, Kevin and Logan Outerbridge, who are phenomenal entrepreneurs. But I want you to set the stage and tell us a, a little bit more about your background to give an idea for the audience uh, where you've come from uh, and how you got into this industry. Yeah, no, thank you. Uh, you say an owner, it's kind of, it's weird because... Uh, <laughs> I don't know, you asked me six months ago, I would laugh and be like, no, I'm good. But um, it's, uh, you know, it really it really starts, you know, as I tell stories to families that I meet with and referral sources and partners in community, not to dive so far into it, but it, it really starts, you know, from my house. I was raised by a single mom, younger brother. My dad was involved, great support system, always went to my sports games, um, just awesome family support. But, uh, you know, I was raised in the same household as my grandparents and, um you know, I was I was raised in their traditions, their rituals. So um, be disciplined, have a strong work ethic, tuck in your shirt, fix your collar. <laughs> how many, you know, my grandmother to this, you know, to the day she passed was always reminding me how many IOUs I had <laughs> uh, really? in her little shoebox. Yeah, like literally. So um, wait, wait, you know, IOUs, really IOUs with, for what? IOUs, how much money I owed her. No uh, way, really? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, grandma, can I have $20 for a haircut? Can I have $10 for this? Yeah, she kept tabs on everything. Till this, till before she passed away, she basically uh, would call out any family member she saw because she had a really, really nice blue pot. And that was her pot to make, you know, macaroni and Sunday gravy or sauce, as some people, yeah. you know, say New Jersey. New Jersey, it's either sauce or gravy, and that's a big debate. But uh, <laughs> anyway, she was just like, you have my blue pot. Till she was in her 80s, she was still claiming someone had her blue pot which someone does, but I can't disclose. Um, <laughs> but anyway, it really starts, um, it really starts where, you know, I, I really just been like really blessed and grateful that wherever I went through my journey, I was always stumbling across like family owned businesses and really good leaders and really good mentors where, you know, it goes back to where 
I had to be 11, 12, 13 years old, uh, going to work with my mom if she didn't have a babysitter. I liked really expensive things when I was younger, so I was not going to ask my mom for money or my grandmother would say, you know, you got to work hard for that. My grandfather would say that as well, and even my dad. Where my first job literally was sitting on a milk crate rolling potatoes and foil for like baked potatoes for the entree. My mom was a waitress for her whole life and advanced to be a manager and open up a restaurant um, to separating silverware, to stacking plates, to, you know, slicing bread, to busing tables, to being the server. And that was a family owned business. There was a family there where there was an owner, it was a cousin and it was a nephew. The whole family is there. Just a great family who just always taught me to listen, provide great customer service, ask questions, even have the answers uh, to even if you're not busy, look busy. And this is you're you're 11, 12 years old. Yeah. And and you say mom just couldn't find a babysitter, and so you went to work with mom. And, yeah. and it was it was everybody and you. I you know it's so funny that I actually love that because I don't know that a lot of kids maybe grew up that way. Because I I grew up in a restaurant too. You know, my dad had a a Blimpies, and by the time when I was uh, 16, I would I would go and work the shop, right? And I hated yeah. it back then. I don't know if you liked it, but I hated it, but I'm so thankful for it today. Did you love it? I, th- I thrived off that. I mean, if you if you go back and listen to uh, our CEO and one of our founders podcast, Hoffa, I thrived off that interaction piece with the customers. But I also, you know, like, I was learning life, life lessons. I was learning tools and skills that I never knew. I, I, maybe I did have that this family, these owners were pulling out of me. Plus, I was working on the holidays, so I was a former support for them, too. They were very smart business owners as well. Hey, we have no one at Kochak. Wayne's great with people. Let's have him, let's have him do Kochak for New Year's Eve. But again, it was always making sure that we were providing the right hospitality, the right customer service, and just treating people with the care and respect that they deserve. And that's something that's really been carried throughout my whole entire career. And, um, you know, I was in hospitality through through high school. And in college, I went for event planning and hospitality. I went to... Uh, Johnson and Wales University in Providence, Rhode Island to start. And uh, I was visiting a lot of my friends on the weekends to just see where they were going, their universities, their colleges, and ended up transferring to Sega Heart University in Fairfield, Connecticut, where I sat in psychology 101 and was just blown away and declared my major in psychology. Uh, a few of my friends that went, I grew up with went there, so it was a good form of support to lean on because I was a transfer student. Kind of felt like I was out of the clicks, you would say. Yeah. And then thankfully, and I was able to really build a really good rapport with a group of guys that, you know, are my brothers now um, and a group of girls. Like I've been out of school since 2010 and we're part of our wedding parties. We're doing play dates now with their kids, which is surreal. That's but amazing. Then just was like, hey, I want to work with people and I want to work directly with people. A yeah, question for you. So you leave, you leave hospitality and you go to psychology, mm-hmm. but what's the plan? Are you thinking I'm going to be a psychiatrist? Uh, what did, did you know? Or did you say, I just love psychology. Yeah. I love people and I'll figure it out later. Yeah, it was a little bit of both. You know, at that time I was still like doing club sports. So I would say freshman Wayne was like, I want to be a sports psychologist. Yeah. Part of me was also, hey, I wanted to be a therapist. I wanted to work with young adults that maybe experience some things that I experienced where I can give back to the community. And um, I had a really good relationship with my school advisor. She was the individual who, you know, kind of put me on the right track with what courses to take, what are job opportunities. And she said, your strength is working with adult, with young adults, with juveniles, teenagers who are at risk. And I said, okay, all right, wow. tell me more about that. Yeah. And um, she put me onto an internship where 
it's funny because you think of age and you think of experience. It was a poly position to be uh, like a, a mentor and educator and a support system to single dads. And um, I took, you know, early Head Start, Head Start courses about like child development, where I'd meet with these young dads, single dads in their homes in Bridgeport, Connecticut. And, you know, I'm there with a binder and some courses, but I'm not a dad. I'm not going through what they're going through every day. How old are you at this point? You're in your 20s. I was a senior, so 20, 21. Wow. What a what a responsibility. I've actually never heard of that. that that's an amazing that position. program existed. Me neither. That's why I took it. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> so, but, you know, because they had a huge support system for single moms, but it was single dads. So I'm sitting there and I'm just, you know, you're, you see it. And just like any single parent or parents or any family of, how much they love and care and want to give back to their children to make sure their children have a much better life. So we went over, we literally were like, okay, your child, your son or your daughter is six months. This is where they should be. And um, it was just a really good experience to be like hands-on, but also build a rapport, a professional rapport with these fathers and these families and these children. And it really brought me back to earth. It brought me to the beginning part of our conversation. Like, where did I start out? Yeah. Right. Like what support systems, resources can help this dad, but also eventually when their kids grow up for their kids to be successful. So move forward. I graduated college and I actually was in between going to the military because I have a, a cousin in the military that I looked up to and or taking a job to work for a clinical psychiatrist that was working for children at risk in the court system, where if the judge you know, requested an evaluation, this clinical psychologist would perform that evaluation. And I was essentially her case manager. Mm -hmm. So I'd be part of that process, work very hands on with, with the children directly, go to their homes, pick them up from school, wow. talk to them. So I actually, she gave me a part of the evaluation for me, like an interview. And that allowed me to tap into their backgrounds, you know, and it was interesting because, you know, where I was and living, you know, outside of Bridgeport, it's diverse. You know, it's not just because it's a city, it's just one population who are in the court system. It's children from all yeah. over the state. I've actually, I lived in Bridgeport for eight months and absolutely loved it there because of the, all the different, you have, you have a bunch of Brazilians, Cape Verdeans, Central America, yeah. uh, you know, a, a just American. It's such an amazing town. Uh, the other, the other town you mentioned earlier that I love is uh, Providence, and I lived in Pawtucket for oh, a little yeah. while. Uh, but all that that whole area of the United States, I think, is just fantastic because of the diversity. Yeah, yeah, and, and and most importantly, it was um, it was always a train ride away from home. So like that's really like my message is always how do I how do I end up coming back home yeah. with my journey, right? So if I need to spend a weekend or visit my family, the Amtrak was right there. Mm -hmm. So I elected to work for the clinical psychiatrist, get full hands-on experience, work with children at risk in the city, urban environment, but learning about kids from all over the state. Now I lived with my roommates from college who were in CPA programs. So they went on, they advanced, and I just realized, okay, I live alone now, or I can live alone now. And living alone as a 22 year old in this space with this job in Connecticut is really expensive. I gotta go home. <laughs> so I went home, went right back to where I knew I could make some quick money, which was on the hospitality field. At that point, I was serving tables and I was a bartender for another family business who took me right in. And my mom ended up working for this family who gave her an opportunity to be a manager of opening up a new location because they owned multiple locations throughout North New Jersey. And they took me right in. They were from Ireland. My grandfather's Irish. It was just an instant connection that I learned from 
the owner, his story, how he built everything from the ground up. So it was just always constant drive and listen and how, what can I gain from this? But yet, how do I surround myself around really good people that I know I can learn from, mm-hmm. but also I could possibly lean on for the rest of my life, which I am grateful for. I still talk every piece of this journey I'm still connected to, which is incredible. Yeah. And that's just a testament to the owners of these businesses, but the people that have taken me in and said, hey, I want to work with you, train you, guide you, or maybe they just like talking to me. Maybe. That's a strong maybe. But um, <laughs> but I ended up finding out, I never forgot, my mom said, don't get sucked into it, right? It's quick cash, but don't get sucked into it. And she was right. I was coming home 1, 2, 3 a.m. It was just the hours were long. Yeah, you mean don't get sucked money. into the just, bartending, waiting. Yeah, uh, just you're in your 20s. You, you, you're making cash quick. Yeah. Yeah. You got a degree, like focus what you were doing on. And she was right. I mean, look, there's nothing wrong with that business. Normal bartending, you could do extremely well. It was just the lifestyle. Like it was just a lot for me. Yeah. And I was losing sight on where I wanted to advance within my career. Right. So um, I went to a care management organization at the time in Bergen County, New Jersey, who um, is a nonprofit and they helped youth, youth and families with all different needs and worked there for a few years. I was hired, I was grateful for that. And uh, I had a su- my supervisor at the time, who I believe is now the CEO, she advanced within that organization. Even the, the owner of that organization, just a great man, They again, they said, you need to work with children at risk. This is your lane. And all the referrals that were coming into this agency, they were assigning me to those specific youth and families mm-hmm. where I was in courthouses, working with residential treatment facility centers, just dealing with families hands-on with the focus of how do we reassure that they're not going to rehabilitate, get in trouble again, and have the resources in home and out of the home just to succeed. And this is where it transitions to home care and why people like you and people outside of this podcast and within our industry have you know, labeled me as successful and a veteran is because it's just finding solutions and providing the right resources or building them. So when I worked at through that piece, I ended up working at the courthouse in Bergen County as well, where I worked for a judge directly. So I was working with the same stakeholders and dealing with families. And uh, I'll never forget, I was one of my colleagues at the time in the courthouse said, uh, hey, my husband, who's a lawyer, has a friend, his son's growing a business and you'd be a good fit for it. And I was like, wow. okay. And I'll never forget, it was like, when this gentleman texts you, like, make sure you answer him. So I said, all right, I got nothing to lose. At that point, I was doing well for myself. I started dating my wife at the time then. I was doing some real estate on the side. I was good. But it was funny. I always sat in my chair and was like, I am doing so much for these children. And it's so rewarding. And nothing's ever going to take that away from me. Like, to be a 1% or even less percent of a child's life getting better or just being at their table and just giving them a resource where they didn't even know it was down the block for them. That's rewarding. But I always said to myself, because when you're young and you're dating and you're, you know, you got loans, you got all that stuff, you're like, how do I make more money? How do I grow? Yeah. And I'm like, man, I am, I'm doing so much. Like, I feel like there's a business where if I did everything I'm doing now and could grow financially and professionally, like I could really flourish. So I took, I, I sent a text message to this gentleman and I spoke to him later that night and I said, look, this is my story. It's literally the same story I just I'm, I'm presenting now. Right. He's like, look, you're a great. You'd be a great fit. You'd be a great fit for my son, who's the owner of the business. You know, email me. I'll email him, and we'll set up an interview. So over time, I emailed, and I was like, you know, I knew he was a sales guy, and I was like, you know, I'm gonna just stay in touch with him. Like, if I don't stay in touch with him, he's gonna forget about me, and then there goes the the job. Right. So I met with his son, who's um, a very successful home care owner in New Jersey. And I'll never forget, I was like in a suit and a tie and 
kind of was like, what am I doing here? <laughs> but I didn't know anything about home care. And the thing is about, and this is me circling back to home, the thing about not knowing anything about home care is like, I grew up with my grandparents, right? So my grandmother was diagnosed with epilepsy. She had a stroke, multiple strokes in her 50s, 60s. Like, I don't know when, because as a kid, I just always thought she was 65. Like, right. you know, you just never know how old your grandparents are. That's right. And then she was diagnosed with like Alzheimer's dementia. Mm -hmm. And I'm seeing all this go on with my life. And even when she had strokes, going to Kessler and I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay, I'm here. It's my grandmother. She's sick. My parents are saying everything's okay. Like you're just taking what your family's giving you. And I have a grandfather who was very independent, worked up to like his last year or two before passing away, had a routine, did everything on his own. And it's like, hey, we all lived in this house. We, we knew grandma needed help. We had a family support systems. And yeah, she was capable of doing a lot of things on her own. But it's like, at this point, that's in 2017. I had to be 20, 29. I'm like, why am I just finding out about this now? Yeah. Right? Through my journey, how did I come across someone who is like me today, someone like you and the rest of our uh, franchise family team members? How am I not being educated on this? So that drew me into that when the owner of this home care agency was presenting this business and looked at my resume and it's like- And you had, you had never heard of it before. You had no idea no, there were no, home no care idea. companies. Wow, that what a what you know, a twist physical of fate. therapy. Yeah, physical therapy, occupational, you know, what's covered under insurance. But I wasn't involved with that. I was young. I was, you know, I was in college. Right. And I was just doing my thing. But yet I always circled back, like, hey, can you watch sit with grandma for a little bit? Hey, I have to help grandma with this. Hey, can you help grandma and grandpa? I just did it because one, they're my family. Two, yeah, of course. But I was also a kid. There were times where I wanted to do things outside of that. And, right. you know, I just, I, you know, I'm just grateful that my grandmother got the help and my grandfather got the help as they aged. But like at the age of 29, I could also be grateful because, and I'll get to it, like a lot of the families we talk to, they're the children of our clients. They don't know about it either. Right. About what we offer. That's right. So it's, you know, I, I have to spin in a positive way. Like I got a head start, but anyway, I, uh, I was drawn into the business. And uh, this owner said, okay, you worked in a restaurant, you've done real estate, you worked with people directly, you'd be a really good fit for this, this business. And he was expanding, I'll never forget, he's like, I don't know when I'm gonna expand, how it's gonna work out, and maybe in six months I'll be walking down the street and I'll call you. And I'm like, okay, so I just got super excited. <laughs> I'm like, this is great, and wait, it might not happen, it will happen, yeah. but the good thing is it, it did happen, and uh, I grew, I, I took the grant, I took it, the bull by the horns and I grew and I listened and look, I was young in that business. You know, I had all this experience with families, all this experience with children, but it didn't mean I knew everything. Right. And I had a lot to learn because the, the senior care space is extremely different. But I always told myself, if I could just sit down with a family, thank them for allowing me in their home or their time, ask, how can I help? And tell me a little bit about yourself, just like I did with children. Then all the selling, the marketing, the outcomes, the business aspect of this business will just fall into place. So I had to really start over. Yeah, when, you, yeah. when you're hired for this home care company, this agency out there in, in New Jersey, it was in New, in New Jersey, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Correct, so it was North New Jersey. And are you hired just to do, as to do sales, operations? How do you start? What What is your role at that point? Good question, yeah. So first it was sales. So I went in like thinking it was just sales. So I was robotic. I was super robotic, I was stiff. Sounded like I was reading off a brochure mm -hmm. and uh, it just didn't go well. And, you know, if you listen to previous podcasts, especially the podcast prior with Tafa, it's, you know, I'm being told no everywhere I go. Yeah. And I'm like, what's, what, I'm like, what I get myself into 
like first sales job, right? Where, where yeah, just, and I'm like, yeah. it's a little different than real estate, yeah. you know. In a restaurant, people are sitting there waiting for you. Right. <laughs> you know, it's a lot. You know, this is like me trying to find them. Um, so I had to build really good relationships in this industry to lean on those veterans for support who, who might have had relationships to actually just sitting in my office, my dot home care agency's office and learning the operation. Your cell is only as good as your operation in this business. And your operation is only as good as your cell. But the thing is, is with this business, I don't want to talk in behalf of all people. Right. But when I first heard about it, I just assumed it's a certified home health aide who helps with like changing or people who are like more like bed bound, right. which is not the case. Right. This is a business that truly has evolved into a hospitality customer service business where it's you got to handhold, you have to educate, and you have to do everything in your power to make sure that that client, that family, that friend is connected to every single resource that's going to enrich their lives, keep them independent, and build a trust between you and them. And then you put in the home care piece, right? It's interesting because your all your background, I never, I never thought about it that way. Everything you did up to then is directly related to home care. Because it is hospitality, right? You have you have a big side of customer service. It is case management, right? The same attention yeah. you're giving these kids on looking at their case and looking at it in all angles. It's the same thing we do with home care. So everything and the experience you had with your family, it's actually amazing how all of those experiences all come together, which probably made you, you said it was, you struggled at first with sales, but I would assume it, being a quick learner, you probably excelled very quickly based on, on your background, even though you didn't have perhaps a sales background, right. I got to assume you excelled very quickly. Uh, I did. I was lucky, but again, it, it came from a strong operation. So I l had to learn. Well, when a client's on service, how do we staff a caregiver? Right. If a caregiver calls out, what's the next step? How does our billing work? What does a nursing assessment look like? When does a nurse go back out? Because this, these are questions that family members are going to ask you when they sit with you. Or clients, when they're at their lowest point, or the most vulnerable, sitting in a hospital, a hospital gown, especially the old school generation, like they like to be put together, they're going to ask you, well, why am I spending out of money for this? Or what funny resources do you have? Or do I have? What are my options? What if I don't like the person? Why should I trust you, a stranger, talking about putting a stranger in my house? How does my billing work? Why can't I just write you a check? Right. <laughs> you know, these are all operational questions. So I had to study very, very hard to learn the backend support. That even was like 2 a.m. emails of like, what do I do here? And it had to also be me be more of a, a listener than a talker mm -hmm. when it came to the nurturing and the mentoring piece from my leaders within that organization, understanding that m that boss at that time was much younger than me starting this career. And then 15, 16, 17 years later, where he was in and then hiring the right people to make sure that the operations ran right. So once I got a grasp on the operation mm -hmm. and set very realistic expectations without over-promising and selling, and then tying in my experience, within six months, I was very, very comfortable in that space where I was able to grow quickly and then had a great opportunity where the next person we hired be a mentor and a coach to them to see them become successful, which was probably my favorite part of the job was the coaching piece. But it never stopped. It never stopped me asking the hows, the whys, the whens, and the whens. Mm -hmm. Because the home care business, this, this the industry within the senior space really does change daily. So how do we stay on top of the industry trends? What solutions can we put in place 
what are the problems? It's not just, hey, we got client caregiver, let's make the money. It's what is trending now, mm -hmm. what's trending within our industry locally and then nationally, and what can we do to be better? You know, that is something that has stuck with me literally since I've been sitting on a milk crate. How can I be better? How can I make people better? How can we, the team, be better? Because every single owner, even when I was in a court system or for nonprofit agencies, the environment was just such a strong, strong family feel. Mm -hmm where everyone chipped in. It wasn't like, well, this is what I do in just this. It was like, you're busy, I have a few minutes, I'm gonna help help you and I got your back. And it's pretty much how it was within my family. Like, yeah, we yeah, had that's, times that's where- small business, right? It's family and small business. Yeah. You know, family that's supportive but that having your grandparents in, in your house with you, that is almost like a small business, right? You have to support each other. And then, in, and you've had this wonderful opportunity to work with so many small business owners it's kind of the, the lifeblood of our country. Yeah. So you, you're you working for a this home care company and you guys grew that company fairly large within uh, the New Jersey market, right? Yeah, I mean, it's been, a, I would say 17, 18 years since 2005. Very well established what I enjoyed. Um, but, I, you know, I've been there since 2017 to about, I'd say 2021. I apologize, the COVID years kind of are a little foggy, right? Right, like yeah. years and how long have things been? Um, but yeah, things really grew and, you know, is not just sales. It grew with everyone working together and creating the right culture and putting the right policies and procedures in place and hiring the right people. And I always circle back, like I've, you know, I had to sit down and really learn. Like there was times where I just sometimes ignored policies and procedures. And it was like, Hey, if you follow this, this will happen. Mm -hmm. Trust the process. Like, so there's, and it was just, there was so much growth, but yeah, we grew and, um, we did a really good job and I know they're continuing to do a good job, but as we grew, I, uh, you know, I stumbled across Logan Outerbridge, who um, is now my business partner. That's a, it's a great thing to say and his dad, Kevin, and um, they came into the Bergen County market, I would say about five years ago. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was like, all right, you know, there's people like to use the word competition, but you know, I always look at it as like a referral source or a referral partner because you can't help everybody. Right. But there was some noise. Like, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It was, I was like moving and grooving. I was doing my thing. And, you know, this is a gentleman and a family owned business coming in who was building a really good reputation, had a really good niche within the industry and a different avenue to take within the home care sale. Well, so let me back up there. So it's interesting because you're, you're with the home care company and this is, let's, let's set the stage. This is about five, six years ago, I believe. And all of a sudden you hear of this father and son duo, Kevin and Logan Outerbridge, who open a modest senior care in your same market, right? And, yeah. and they, out of, out of the blue, right? Had you had you ever even heard of Amada before Kevin and Logan showed up? No, no, I didn't. I uh, Not, didn't I even had know to what it was. It. I, yeah, <laughs> I had to Google it, right? No. And in Bergen County, New Jersey, there's a hundred agencies, right? And they're all great, and they're all great at what they do, and everyone works differently. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's about the end goal, right? You're in this business to help people and do the right thing. And if that's the case, you're going to end up being a really good company, right? Some companies are out there just to make the dollar and the bottom line, right. and that's okay too right? Like that's completely fine. If you want to offset what your salary was before and just do it and go through the process and the, the motions, that's completely fine. It's with all due respect, it's none of my business, but we felt the presence a little bit and there was nothing wrong with it because just really good, genuine people were my success continued, but over time it became literally, we were friendly competitors. Right. It was I, Wayne and Logan are our two people were referring. And if anything, I was okay. You know, I was okay with it because I knew I had a 50-50 chance 
Um, but I also knew that if maybe the client was the right fit for us or we weren't the right fit for them, because that does happen with the home care, right. they were going to be well cared for with the other person referred. And Wayne, you know what, what I love about that is that that is what we see throughout the country. A lot of folks ask me, and we'll get into the, this this competitive environment that we are in, but a lot of people ask me, well, who are my main competitors in my market? And am I going to be able to steal market share in my market? Right, because because they yeah. say you're a lot of times when I'm speaking to folks who are interested in Amada, they say you're in Orange County, but I am in Wichita, Kansas. That's and it's like, and they're like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to build this agency here because there's X Y Z company that's really big. And what we mm-hmm. find throughout the country is what you're saying is that when we enter a market where no one's ever heard of Amada and we start working, we start stealing market share and we end up becoming friends with our competitors. Mm-hmm. It, and we see this throughout the country. It's a really weird industry where we end up helping each other. We'll, we'll uh, refer business to each other. So we are really good friends with the home care companies here in Orange County. I know that our franchise partners in San Diego, they are really good friends with competitors in San Diego. And I think it's cool that you're experiencing the same thing there coming from the other side, right? I've never heard that from a competitor. Yeah. That you became friends funny. with the Amada uh, owners. Well, I wouldn't say you have to, it's just hard not to when you are at the same networking events, you're meeting with the same families, you're at the same referral sources, you're out in the field. But yet ultimately when that's all done and you're just sitting down as human beings, as people, that you could say to yourself, hey, if I bumped into this person in the shop right, I would actually be friends with them. Right. And that just makes you call, I'll never forget, I called him one, I called Logan one day, maybe mid, you know, pandemic, or post pandemic, I don't even know if it's still post, but you know what I mean? Right, yeah. And I said, hey, uh, do you see anyone else like out there? Like what's going on? And he's like, I think it's just me and you. Wow. (laughs) And I was like, all right. And the best part about that is like, we're sharing the market share, but yet new business opportunities opened up. So I knew, hey, there's work. There's always gonna be work for you. I'm not gonna be content on just three, four, five places. I'm gonna go gain three, four, five more places that he's not at yeah. or I can establish. You so mean referral sources, it, it became, right? Like other referral, yeah, referral sources, sources that, that you yeah. can keep establishing, which is a big part of our business, of right? You, you can't get business just from one or two sources. Yeah. You got to keep growing that. And, um, you know, we're competitors. So it was friendly. It was like Jordan versus Kobe. It was like, who's going to one up the other person? Who's going to be here first? Who's going to be there first? And honestly, it was fun. Referral sources liked it. They, you know, it's, we both had the same mission. Right. Yeah. And um, it was really great to even see them grow because Bergen County, New Jersey or any space within this nation, this business is not an easy business. But with the right tools Mm -hmm. and the right mindset and the right discipline and work ethic and the right purpose, you can really make a mark on this world. Yeah. With an opportunity like this. And it sounds like you you were happy to see them grow because. What I'm assuming is there was still plenty of business for your home care company, plenty of business for Kevin and Logan in Amada. So it was okay yeah. that they were growing. I mean, I'm assuming you'll get to the point here where eventually, as as we know, not to spoil alert, you do end up yeah. switching over to Amada. Yeah. But I mean, they grew so fast. They were actually one of our, Kevin and Logan Outer Bridge in, in New Jersey were one of our fastest growing uh, businesses ever in the history of Amada. They mm-hmm. did a phenomenal job. Did you feel that? Did you feel kind of this rocket ship? Was it was it strange? What what did it feel like as a competitor to see <laughs> these guys just explode? Me back then, I was like, "What's going on here?" You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like you know, who's who's stepping into my turf? Who's stepping on my turf? Yeah. No. At first, of course, you have that competitiveness in you, right? Like, hey, what's going on here? I worked really hard this. 
But it, guess what? It made me work harder and it made me learn more and it made me ask more questions. It actually made me work so much more yeah. to actually put me in position now. And then over time, as I, I was growing and our company at that time was growing, his team was growing and he was hiring really good people. And I was seeing that. So I was able to identify like behind the scenes, the culture, the operational piece mm, sure. is also going in the right direction. Right. Like some of his hires were actual referral sources of mine, like really good people and with really good strengths and skill sets. And I'm like, they're going to grow. So to continue on my journey, like as I was going on, I, in this business, everyone tries to poach you and reach out and hire you. And now with LinkedIn, it's like so you, a little much, you were right? recruited so, pretty heavily. Yeah. And which was fine. Like my old boss owner said, you're going to be recruited every week. Yeah. Right. You know, right. that's just the way it is. Right. Like if you're really good at what you do, people are going to want you. And right. There's nothing wrong with that. And it was a respectful thing. It was, if something really came across the table, I'm going to talk to you about it. But this is, I'm talking five years. I think the only time I brought it up was the very first time where I got like sidetracked for like a coffee and then like the whole team sitting there with like an offer letter. I was like, oh, by the way. And that's when he said like, look, that's going to happen to you. And um, if something really great comes across your desk, like talk to me about it. Like, don't be afraid to do so. That's cool. That's nice. So I had a job opportunity for uh, another home care business who started in New York. They grew within New Jersey and uh, several other states. That started as a family business. Mm -hmm. And with the, the job description and the opportunity was was actually to learn home care outside of New Jersey. So I had the opportunity for, I would say 13, 14, 15 months. So my previous job before the my Amada decision mm -hmm. was helping grow home care in Connecticut, all of Connecticut and Boston, Massachusetts. Ah, so that expanded your, yeah. your horizons. You're able to see the business in other states. As you started doing that, was it much different in home care in Boston, home care in Connecticut or? A little bit, like regulations are different. Right. Again, it, it was kind of like me coming in as like that transfer student during school, right? Like processes were in place, sure. yeah. things were in motion, yeah. they've been established. So it's like, hey, I can't come in and try to change everything because you can't. It was, hey, I now have to learn again to see what they're doing really well with. And then if there are any challenges, how can I be a support system to turn those challenges into strengths. Got it. So it took time, but I was able to build really good relationships with the people there and plus traveling. So, you know, I presented this to my old boss and it was like, go for it, grow. And it's like, hey, I'm your top performer. Tell me to grow. <laughs> like what's going on here? I was, I was like, terrified. it was weird, right? Yeah. I was like sweating. <laughs> I had like five pet, you know, pep talks prior, but it was like, you know what? I needed that year, year and a half. I needed to be part of that growth, that company to just grow, see what else I knew outside of New Jersey. Because when you do this for a long time, sometimes you create like a little bit of a bubble around yourself. Sure. Hey, this is my process. This is my day to day. Mm -hmm. This is my loop. This is where I'm going. I'm, be I'm part of a really strong company that's growing and that's amazing. But like, what else is out there? And then over that 13, 14 months, I was really leaning towards like, I'm ready to really fly. I'm ready to work for myself. And if I don't work for myself, I want to work for another family owned business where I can be a little bit more of a decision maker right. and, and really grow something from the ground up, which is you know where the outer bridges came into play along with um, the registered nurse of Amada Bergen Pasek. He's also a part owner, Oscar, where I got a phone call and it, you know we kind of joked around. We would eventually work together. We never talked about in what capacity or what space. It was just like, hey, we're friendly competitors. It'd be really great if we just worked together. Right. Yeah. You know, so, but we never like, made it a serious thing. It was just kind of, it was more me saying that. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> you know, like let's just get the whole market share. Yeah. And you know, when you're on the community, you know, you get really excited when you see people out. And that's again, that's what drives me is like the interaction with referral sources, friendly competitors, and even like meeting with families. But I got the call from Logan Outerbridge, and it was, you know, we have an opportunity, and my dad and uh, Oscar, who's the director of nursing for Bergen Estate County, New Jersey, in Princeton, New Jersey. So a modest senior care center in New Jersey, that is our title here, mm-hmm. where we do cover parts of Somerset County, Burlington County, and all Mercer County. We want to bring you in as a partner. And uh, the first thing is like, you think finances, right? Hey, I'm going to start a business. My money, our money, my family's money. Yeah, right. I have a beautiful 21-month-old daughter. I have a beautiful wife. We bought a house in North New Jersey. We're renovating it. We're living with my in-laws. We found like a short-term rental. There's like 50 things going on yeah. that require just money, responsibilities, attention, but ultimately a life, a work-life balance. Like when my time is outside of work, it's with my family right. and with my wife, my daughter, and my extended family, right? So, so it's, it's, a, like, it's an exciting proposition. Like the, you're excited yes, that they're like, hey, we, we not only do we want to work with you, we want you to be a partner. So it's exciting, but it's also, well, what does that mean? I, you know, yes. I, I, yeah. can I put my, does that mean I have to come up with money? Does that put my family in jeopardy? And listen, right. what, what I love about what you're sharing there is that is a, you know, we've we've helped 160 something entrepreneurs start businesses with Amada, and absolutely everyone goes through that gut check of mm-hmm. "I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready." This I've I've wanted to be an entrepreneur my whole life. This is the time, but am I really ready? Like, can I can I really <laughs> pony up the money, yeah. take the risk? What's my wife going to think? What's my family going right. to think? Am I crazy? So it's it's uh, you felt that. I, I love right. that you felt yeah. that. That's actually phenomenal because it changes you. Gotta, you you got to look at it. You got to look at it, right? Like as an 11-year-old boy, I could have easily have not gone to work to separate silverware. Yeah. As a 14-year-old teenager, I could have easily have gone out with my friends versus being a co-check person on a New Year's Eve. As a freshman in college, I could have easily said, I'm just going to stay here and not give it a chance to transfer to university and put me on the path for that now. Hey, I'm going to move back to Jersey, go back to bartending, join another job, join the courthouse. It's not, I wouldn't say risk. It's just a lot of opportunities don't come to more than once. Sure. And, you know, of course, my response is I have to talk to my family. That is like, it's a family decision. And honestly, that's where the support needed to come from. I was, I was ready, you know, but what does this look like? So the obvious happened, spoke to the family, you break down finances, you break down what's going on, where's this, what's this mean for us? What's this mean for you? What's this mean a year from now? The decision was made, you know, it was your time, you're ready, we're ready as a family. Like Mm -hmm. just me being an owner doesn't mean it's all on me. Like my family is doing their job now. That's probably harder than my job today, right? raising my daughter we're growing we're renovating a house like that is like 50 jobs in one like without that support i can't even put any focus and time into building this territory here we're gonna send this little clip to your wife well we'll send this little section so you get you get a lot of points for that and it's absolutely true it is so (laughs) it's true it's man it's really tough it's really really tough but guess what these are all things that were presented to me through my previous work right Mm -hmm. these are all family businesses that shared this with me, who've prepared me for this, who said, you're going to have rough days, but you got to battle through it. There's always light at the end of the road. Like you're going to have really, really good days. And then you're going to have days where your knee is going to be cut off and you'll be humbled and you're going to feel awful, but you're going to get through it like (laughs) every single day. So I reached out to Logan and said, look, I'm in. What are the next steps? What does this look like? We talked about those details. However, I want to give my current employer the right time, the respect they deserve, and give the notice. We got to do this the right way because over time, I ended up becoming more operations than sales. 
processes, policies, procedures, following processes, setting clear expectations, you know, not just go out, get to sale. You, I have that sales mindset. Like I'm going to go out and I'm going to bang on 10 doors, but I'm also going to make sure the back end of my cell, the operation is fully prepared because four o'clock on a Friday, if you have someone coming home that night, the sales reps doing everything, but the operational team is really doing it. Right. 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 And then the carrier piece. So I'm really just grateful to be part of the team now with, um, with Logan, Kevin and Oscar. And, you know, I am in my office. Yeah. We're furnishing it. We're, we're ready to rock and roll. We're ready to go. And, um, you know, it feels great. It's, it's kind of, that's my journey. Here's what I think is so interesting about this. We started this podcast with talking about this is an episode uh, and an interview that I've never done before. And I was so excited to do this because you come from a rich experience in the home care industry and you switch over to Amada, right? You already knew caregiving. You knew the ins and outs of it. You did caregiving operations and sales in Boston and Connecticut and New Jersey. Uh, you saw the business from sales to, to then running uh, these operations and I love getting your feedback about how Amada is different. And the reason this is so important is we spend a lot of time telling folks, clients, referral sources, uh, entrepreneurs looking at starting Amada Senior Care that we are different. We're not different in a small way, that we are different and, and different from 90. I always say we're different from 90% of home care companies out in the United States. And people go, come on, really? How different could right. you be from all the other home care companies out there? So I love getting your feedback because when you came here to Orange County for the first time for the Amada training, I remember sitting down with you and you, and you, you said, man, it's so crazy how different Amada is. And I loved hearing that. So try to explain that. What, what makes us so different from other home care companies? A lot of things, extremely different and uh, all in the positive way. You know, let's go back to, let's, you could even start with how Amada was created, right? Right. That story is unique. That is different. The growth of the ownership and the leadership team. Um, but let's go. Let's go to. Let's go back to the university where I was in, in California, where I sat there and I got literally front row seats to Amada. The first and foremost thing is their the knowledge and expertise when it comes to long term care insurance is light years ahead of the industry. The process, the resources, the education that they offer you with understanding long term care insurance is. I don't know if money could. You could put money on it. Mm -hmm. I really don't. It was, I thought I knew a lot. There's just a whole extra level and tier of the knowledge and not just knowledge where they say to, it's the toolkit that Amadi gives you to be successful in that space alone. The toolkit to be a claims advocate. And let me back up to say, for those of you guys who may not know what long-term care insurance is. So long-term care insurance is a policy sold by companies like Genworth, New York Life, MetLife, Bankers Life and Casualty, John Hancock. There's all these companies that sell long-term care insurance and it pays mm -hmm. for caregiving. So it is the Correct. one insurance product out there that we Americans can buy to pay for caregiving. And a lot of folks don't know that the government is not going to pay for your caregiving. Right. Medicare is if you need a caregiver, if you're 97 and blind and you can't eat or drink or bathe or go to the bathroom by yourself, a lot of folks believe that the government is going to pay for your caregiving. They're not. So long term care insurance is a way that families can pay for for caregiving. And, and I don't know if I if I got that completely right here, but long term care insurance is such an huge, important part of our business. And, yeah. so, and so go go ahead and talk about how how is that tier? And obviously, we don't want to give away our secret sauce, but. You'd seen long-term care insurance before Amada. You knew it existed yeah. before Amada. 
every day. So every day. Why? Why does it? What is it that make? And it's so hard, right? Because I guess maybe we just say it's different. I mean, look, as yeah, it's 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 unique. It's different. As a business owner, it gives you a, a very clear advantage to build your business. It, it gives you an advantage to learn the space because these policies cover a lot outside of even home care.、Mm-hmm. So you know you're becoming a much more resource and advocate for that client when you can go through a policy and say, "Congratulations, mom has eight hours a day worth of home care. However, she can have X, Y, and Z in her home, or even if she wants to maybe go to a senior living community." She has a benefit that can cover that as well, especially in today's world. Homecare is expensive.、Right. Like I'm not, you know. Yes, I'm an owner. This is a business, but we're not going to sell you on the homecare piece. It's expensive. Right. It, it really is. You have a policy. You're covered. Right. We're going to build the right care plan of care around your policy. And I always, I always share this story through my my years of homecare. I had a, I had a client. I had a woman who had not one dollar to her name. Hoarding situation. Just a very unsafe living environment, and we're there. We're doing an assessment, a home assessment, and I see a little John Hancock tab off the table, and her policy covered home twenty-four hour care. Wow! And literally had no no money, nothing, nothing to her name, and it was like, wow. Now take that what I knew. Now enhance it by ten, because I sat there and I thought of this woman. I said, you know what? I felt bad. I said. If I was able to have one or two of these tools within this toolkit, I could have probably did a little bit better of a job. And guess she's doing great; she's thriving. But it's I felt bad because I could have offered at least one or two more resources with what you know now from the Amada side. Yes, yeah, that really would have benefited her and even save her money upfront, like everything. So、um, that's just a huge. What that's one of the pieces that makes you different because as a business owner and getting off the ground running, it's a huge industry advantage and market advantage. And plus, we do really great presentations regarding that space, so we can continue to go and educate our referral sources. We can partner with them.、Um, we sit with families. We sit with the clients directly. It's just it helps you grow as a professional, and it helps you grow within the space. But yet, you're also getting the reward piece by saying, "Congratulations, your mom now can have 24-hour care through her policy." Right? That's amazing. Secondly, it, the the leadership team through the university and the support system. You know, not, it's not just what we have here in New Jersey and what you build and support systems around you. It's what's out throughout the franchise.、Mm-hmm. You know, the university coming in, I was like, okay, they're going to teach us sales, going to teach us this, going to teach us the one on ones, and I didn't know what to assume. But yet, you have multiple people coming in from sales experience, operational experience, caregiver retention, recruitment experience, group engagement activities. Finance, digital marketing, marketing technology. I mean, we had to meet. I would say, I don't know, seven, ten people from the team of just teaching us the skills and expertises of how to build a franchise and how to build a company. And it was great because you're getting a different perspective from each person, and yet each person kind of tapped into every other subject. Right. So it was very unique. And then you know, the franchise business coaches, like their support and what they offer is. Second to none. I mean, I can speak on behalf of all of them, and I met them once. It's just the support you're offered is. I can reach out to my coach today. I can schedule a call with him tomorrow.、Mm-hmm. Why not take advantage of that? So you know, I don't want to use sport terms, but you know, I'm talking to Tafa today and the rest of the Amada leadership team with、uh, Jared and, and Chad. You know, you, the the playbook, the blueprint is there for you. Right. It really comes down to your work ethic, your discipline, and your your passion of this space. So I sat there from okay,、uh, competitive advantage with what we're experts in: long-term care insurance, the process. What does that look like for us? What does that look like for the clients? 
to the university, the training, the ongoing support. I know there's lots of franchises out there that offer this, but this really stuck with me because it still offered that family feel, that family support feel. It's not go out, run your business and good luck. Right, right. Like it's like you're investing into this brand. Here's the blueprint. We're going to make sure you succeed. And that's what you have to just tell yourself is that you have people cheering you on in New Jersey, locally, throughout the country, but then all over there's support systems through the amount of franchise who are who are literally a phone call away. So that really, really stuck with me. Mm-hmm. And then it's, again, just the cadence. How do you sell? How do you grow your business? How do you get your first client? How do you retain, recruit the right caregivers, the quality of service? That really drove me into saying to you when I remember we met, like the wow factor, because right. Everyone could go out and say it's about the quality of the care, the quality of the caregivers, but the the strategic process on recruiting and retaining the right caregivers and the quality of service is different through Amada based on one, the people you hired, and two, what we have in place now, and three, what we're putting in place in the future to be even better, because that's very, very important. It's about who do we hire, what type of quality of service we want to offer, and how do we get better at that every single day, and what do we do to give them a voice? like. Because without the caregivers, we're nothing. They are the pulse of what we do. That's right. So what do we need to do to make sure that they feel that they're part of our family? And how do we hear their voice to give them the best experience possible so then our clients and families can get the best experience possible? When we all said that in California, it was like, this was the right decision. I'm ready to go. I, I was like, I'm ready to fly back to New Jersey. Like, let's go. Man. That's amazing. Hearing this from you is just incredible because our first franchise partner, Robert Christensen, uh, joined us in 2012. And since that time, we've had so many people come through Amada University and they say, wow, this has been so great. But obviously it's been so great because they knew nothing about home care, right? They come to us with zero experience. And so anything they're learning is going to be mind blowing. And you were the first guy that came through that had the amount of experience that you did. And, And we were all wondering, what is Wayne going to think about our training, right? He already knows everything about home care. What is that going to be like? So it was, I think, in my career here, in my time at Amato, it, it was the most rewarding uh, review that we that we had was you coming through and and being, I guess, blown away by by everything. It's so kind of you to, to mention, but that was that was really cool, right? It was really life affirming and validating for us. And uh, there's a podcast episode, uh, two podcasts ago, with an interview with Matt Smith. A lot of what you experienced was what Matt mm. Smith was able to do with our company, our VP of training and support. He really revamped uh, what our training was about five, six years ago. And so thank you. Thank you so much for for that validation. It, it means it means so much for us. So you are now Amada of Basia County, Bergen County, and now you guys are taking over in Princeton. Uh, man, what does the future hold for Amada, New Jersey? I, I, I don't know. <laughs> you know, I'm like more concerned right now, like where half my furniture is. And uh, <laughs> I have a network, networking event in two hours where I get to meet people for the first time, kind of just see, you know, a little bit more about the space. But no, honestly, it's... Uh, You're in start you know, mode again. Continue. Yeah, it's, which is great, yeah. right? Like there's, there's always room for improvement. There's always room to just be a blank canvas and just start painting, right? Like just get back to it, get back to the one-on-ones. And that's one of the things that you always got to remind yourself is just when you're either too comfortable or things are bad, things are great. Like it's okay to go back to the one-on-ones because the one-on-ones is what got you there. Mm-hmm. Right. So the future really holds, you know, do we want to grow? Yes. 
but we have to do things the right way to grow. We can't just grow and stretch ourselves thin because then we're going to lose sight on what's important. That's right. And that's our clients, our caregivers, the people, my support system, my support staff. It's about me. It's about growing the business, but it's about the people who work for me, about the people who work for us, and it's about the people we serve. That's right. When that happens, uh, the bottom line will create new business opportunities for mm -hmm. us. But um, the future just hold. You have a great opportunity. We have a great opportunity in front of us, yeah. and we want to leave a legacy for the next person. We want to make every person who comes through the door after us better than what we are today. And that's what I say to everybody. I want the next hire after the next hire to be better who I am today. And if that's the case, then then we did our job. And you do great. Well, Wayne, listen, I can't thank you enough for uh, doing this podcast episode with us and for being part of our family. The biggest unintended most amazing blessing we have in this company is our franchise partners and the folks that we work with. I don't know. I don't know. I think when we started the company back in 2012, we started franchising. Uh, we had this dream of going throughout the country, but I don't think we ever realized that we'd be working with such amazing, amazing people. And yeah. it used to be that it was just about uh, the founders, Chad and Taffa. And now it really is this huge community of entrepreneurs and every year we look forward to our annual conference and meeting everybody because it's such an amazing group of people. And and Wayne, you're you're you fit right in. We are so blessed and so excited and thankful to have you as an owner of Amada and as a partner. Thank you so much. No, I appreciate it. I'm looking forward to uh, growing with you, me and the rest of the franchisee owners, and uh, whatever I could do to help, I'm here. Well, guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode of We Are Amada. If you are interested in continuing your discovery process with Amada Senior Care, go to amadaseniorcare.com slash franchise, amadaseniorcare.com slash franchise. And of course, you can always go to your email. You certainly probably have an email from me or from Tim or for somebody here at Amada. There's a phone number on there. Reach out to us, continue through your discovery process. And I know that Wayne and Logan and all the folks in New Jersey, uh, if anybody, if you want to ask questions, if you want to learn more about the New Jersey, Jersey franchise or their experience or learn more about Wayne. Wayne, I'm sure people can reach out to you. What's the best way to get a hold of you? Best way, my direct cell phone. I don't care. I'm on a podcast. My direct cell phone, 973-270-5901. Like that is the access you have to me 24-7. Um, you can always find me on LinkedIn, my email. So um, as I share this podcast, I'll put it up on my my LinkedIn, my social and share anything. But anyone who's listening, any of the Amada partners, family members, my direct cell phone, um, however I could be a resource, you have me. So thank you again for the opportunity. Appreciate it.